everybody, and welcome to Roughing the Basket podcast. Uh, I am your host, Noah Burnt, and I want to say uh, thank you guys for listening and for having this podcast. It means a lot to me, and this is going to be a very fun thing to do. Sometimes I'm going to have guests on, like today, I'm going to have my friend Jason Pombo, founder of The Daily Goat, on here. But um, sometimes I'm also going to be just ranting, talking about NFL, NBA, certain topics in that nature. And like I said, I got my friend Jason on here. I want to have him introduce himself and talk a little about The Daily Goat and what it's all about. Well, thanks for having me, Noah. I'm Jason Pombo. Honored to be on your first show, first Roughing the Basket uh, podcast. So thank you again. So The Daily Goat consists of sports and entertainment content. It's articles, videos, podcasts. It's been a lot of fun so far. This is our second, this is our first full week actually after our launch on January 1st. So it was seven days ago. We've had five, I think probably seven or eight articles. We've had six or seven podcasts drop, two or three videos. It's been a lot of fun so far. I recommend everybody follow The Daily Go on all social medias, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and follow the YouTube channel as well. That's a lot of fun and the content has been awesome. And I'm excited for this podcast. Noah, I think this podcast is going to be very strong and I can't wait to listen to you every week. Yeah, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. And Pombo, Pombo and Peter's pick, Peter's and Pombo's picks. What's, what's the name Pombo of your podcast? Gotcha. Yeah. Shout out to that podcast. I listened to his phenomenal first episode. But uh, today um, I want to focus on NFL more than the NBA. There will definitely be a lot of episodes where we talk about the NBA, but the NFL season Season just wrapped up and before we get into the postseason and we give our picks and analysis on it I want to start off with wrapping up the NFL season obviously a very strange season for everybody players fans coaches personnel everybody involved due to coronavirus a lot of players got it unfortunately you know it's caused some scheduling conflicts and fortunately the NFL got through it which is a major surprise and going off that theme of major surprises I want to start that off today and talk about some big surprises, big disappointments and go from there so Jason I want to ask you what is your biggest surprise of the NFL season so the, my biggest surprise of the NFL season other than that we got this far because uh, that's that's number one it looked bleak there for a while with the for Tennessee sure. Titans with their whole COVID situation but, hey, I got to give it to the Cleveland Browns here. Oh, uh, look, after losing Odell Beckham early in the year, uh, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, uh, they rallied. They made it to the playoffs by the skin of their teeth, but they made it through. I think they were a big surprise. Other than that, I mean, the Washington football team, you can't really call them a surprise. I mean, they went 7-9, and nine, a little bit better than expected. They won the NFC East, but obviously there's some caveats there, like the Dak Prescott injury, uh, the benching of Carson Wentz. So I, I think probably the Cleveland Browns. How about you, Noah? Yeah, man, that's definitely one of my big surprises. I think Kevin Stefanski has done a spectacular job there, obviously finishing 11-5 and in a division where they have a lot of competition. It was it definitely was something nobody saw coming, I don't think, at least. Especially after last season, having Odell Beckham there, having Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield. That team had so much hype around them last season, they just didn't perform up to expectations, so... To see them bounce back this year, that was that was incredible. For me personally, though, my biggest surprise this year, I have a few, but I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, uh, this is more of a disappointment, obviously, than a surprise. Their strength of schedule coming into the season was the third easiest schedule in the NFL. They had every opportunity to do phenomenal. Obviously, they had some things there where it wasn't their fault. They had their quarterback, Dak Prescott, go down from injury. But overall, even with that, they're still in a division where the winner of the division finished with seven wins like let that sink in for a moment even with their starting That's quarterback crazy. going on down yeah exactly Ezekiel Elliott 
had a extremely disappointing season, cost me my fantasy football league, one of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that whole team just fell apart completely. They, they did show a little promise at the end, but I mean, finishing six and 10, that's, that's not a very promising record or a statistic. And I mean, do you think Mike McCarthy is going to be back next year as the head coach? You think they're going to give him another season? I do. I do. So in Jerry Jones's tenure of owning the Dallas Cowboys, he's never fired a coach after one year. I think the same thing is going to be said true this year. I think McCarthy gets at least another season. I think they're going to try to run it back if they end up re-signing Dak Prescott or franchising him and trying to come back next year a little bit healthier. The Dallas Cowboys have a lot of holes, man. Their defense is in shambles. Their defense was arguably the worst in the NFL. The secondary was putrid. Uh, The front seven, which they spent a lot of money on, Demarcus Lawrence, Jalen Smith. What's the other linebacker they have? Leighton Vanderesk. That's who it is. Right, right. They spent a lot of money on him. And it just hasn't panned out that defenses look really, really bad. And no, just to piggyback on one thing you just said about a disappointment. I, can I add another disappointment? Yeah, go for it. Cam Newton. That's you my disappointment. Couldn't more. agree that more, man. Definitely. I and- mean, you can say whatever you want about him, but he was statistically arguably the worst quarterback in the league this year. Ranked in the bottom third in almost every passing statistic in the NFL. He caught the Patriots at least two to three games. If the Patriots had at least average quarterback play, I think they'd be a nine or 10 win team. But Cam Newton was below expectations. He wasn't the same guy he was in 2015, 2016. He's over the hill, and I think he'll probably end up retiring at the NFL, uh, retiring at the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. Um, I couldn't agree more about Cam Newton, especially Bill Belichick's coaching. I, I got to say he did a great job on the defensive side of the ball, especially since they had so many starters opt out at the start of the season. He did a great job with that. Now, the the down part about that their season, obviously Cam Newton, and people can make the argument he didn't have many weapons. Totally true. However, those stats do not look very promising. And if you take out the last game where he had a three-touchdown game, he had five touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Did have 12 rushing, but still, I mean, he's a, he's a wildcat specialist at this point. He's a yeah, running back look, playing quarterback. Look, I understand the weapons, the offensive skill position players aren't fantastic. Like, I understand that Edelman was banged up. Uh, Jacoby Myers had to insert himself as a number one receiver when in reality, he's like a number three. There was no production from the tight end position. But nonetheless, we're going to backtrack to first week of October. They lost the Denver Broncos 18 to 12 at home. The Broncos at the time, I think they were one and five, two and five. Again, that is a game you can't lose if you're Cam Newton. How about when you fumble, when you're on your way to a win at Buffalo, and, you, and I think it was at the 23-yard line, 26-yard line, Nick Folk would kick the ball, send it in overtime. Instead, Cam Newton fumbled it. How about the goal line situation against Seattle? I mean, the list goes on and on. There's been numerous others where he just hasn't been able to get it done. How about the crap performance against San Francisco? They lost 33-6, to where he was, I think, 6-15 of 15 throwing the ball. Awful three interceptions in the first half before getting benched. He was benched at least three times this year. With a massacre in, against Buffalo the second time around at New England, where... The Pills rolled them over on Monday Night Football. He just hasn't played well, man. I'm so done with him. I could talk yeah. about him for the entire show if you want. Yeah, man. Dude, I, I completely understand your frustration. I'm definitely not a Patriots fan, but I'm a Lions fan, which is just as bad. A lot worse. A lot worse. But with that being said, yeah, I mean, it surprised me that the Patriots didn't give Jared Stidham more of a chance this season. That's another big surprise, especially after Cam Newton's slow start. Um, I'm, I'm really not sure what the thinking was behind that, but that was uh, another very big so, surprise to me. Unfortunately, like me and Noah, well, we're, we're big Jared Stidham fans. Like we liked him in college. We thought he deserved a, an opportunity with Cam Newton absolutely sucking. But according to Bill Belichick, Stidham, he isn't the guy or he's really bad, apparently. I mean, 
there really isn't any other way to get around that. Stidham must not be ready. He is not NFL caliber yet. If he was, he'd be in there, unfortunately, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, one more surprise that I want to just give going and staying in that division is Miami Dolphins. Uh, I don't think anybody saw that one coming either, man. That was that was crazy. The fact that they finished 10 and six, had a shot to make the playoffs the last week and did not get in, unfortunately, for them. But they, they showed a lot of heart, a lot of promise, especially with uh, Tua, Tua being in the, the starting rotation now, the starting lineup. Yeah, I think that team, their defense was incredibly good. I'm pretty sure Xavier Howard finished the season with nine or ten interceptions. An incredible job done by Brian Flores. He's he's done a fantastic job there. Are you still a believer in Tua? I, I'm not sure at this point, man. I mean, I think... I think he's fragile. I think he's already shown that with some injury concerns uh, that they've had out of college. Obviously, that was affecting his draft stock. And I think so far in the NFL, there there is still that concern of his injury. And I'm not sure if he's going to be the, the quarterback that a lot of people want him to be. Maybe his ceiling isn't as high, but I do believe that if he, that defense continues to exceed expectations every season and he's just average, I mean, they can definitely make the playoffs next year. So the Dolphins, they currently sit in an interesting situation. Uh, They own the Houston Texans first round pick, which ended up being the third overall pick in a quarterback rich draft where obviously Trevor Lawrence is going number one. The Jets own the number two overall pick. Uh, Do they keep Sam Darnold? Do they draft Justin Fields? Let's say the Jets pass on Justin Fields. I mean, the Dolphins could have him at three overall. The Dolphins have other needs. They need help in offensive line. They need help in that and receiver, you could even argue. So they're in an interesting spot. I think they're going to stick with Tua for at least next year and see how things shake out. But I tell you what, if Tua is not the guy that many projected him to be, that's going to be a colossal failure in Miami passing up on Justin Herbert. Oh, yeah, definitely. Justin Herbert. I mean, speaking of surprises, man, I, I have him on my other fantasy league, and he was uh, he was way more than I bargained for. Arguably led my team to the championship game. He, I think he finished with over 30 touchdowns, um, 10 interceptions. 30 on the duck. Exactly, yeah. He's, he had an incredible run this year, and yeah, I mean, Dolphins, if Tua doesn't end up being the quarterback that they want him to be, that I think it's going to haunt them for a long time, having the opportunity to go with Justin Herbert and passing on him. I'm not saying Tua is Mitch Trubisky, and I'm not saying Justin Herbert's Patrick Mahomes or anything like that, but you could argue if Tua ends up not being the guy, it's going to look very similar. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, without a doubt. Now, I want to change the, the conversation a little bit to the MVP race. Jason, I'm just going to ask you, who is your MVP? I think it's Aaron Rodgers. The whole 16-game slate, Aaron Rodgers has been best player in the field. Uh, You could argue, I mean, some other names, but Rodgers, in my opinion, he's put that team on his back. He's had some limited players in the skill position-wise other than Devontae Adams. Even Adams was banged up a little bit. I think Rodgers is the MVP. They're the number one seed in the NFC, arguably the best team in the NFL. Uh, I go Aaron Rodgers here. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes' potential and his talent that he's shown so far, there's nothing even to say about it. I mean, he's that good and words can't even describe it. But I definitely believe that this season, Aaron Rodgers has propelled Packers to come back and exceed expectations for sure. And for that 45 touchdowns, four interceptions, I don't think you can really debate that he is the MVP of the National Football League this year. The only name I engage in the conversation with is Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen, in my opinion, had a better he he, I have Josh Allen as my number two in the MVP voting Mahomes three just look at Josh Allen did behind a running game that really didn't pan out between Devin Singletary and Zach Moss Uh, didn't really pan out too well Allen put that team on his back man 
Like he was electric. Yeah, for sure. He showed a ton of improvement this season. It was. And I'm not uh, taking. I'm not taking anything away from Mahomes either. Mahomes is obviously arguably the best quarterback in the league. But nonetheless, he struggled the last month of the year. And Mahomes obviously has those skill position players at his disposal. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. I mean, Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the backfield, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, Sammy Watkins. Yeah, for sure. Adding digs in Buffalo was definitely a huge part of Josh Allen's success this oh, season. Yeah. Move of the offseason. Oh, yeah, for sure. Guaranteed. But uh, even without him, I still think he would have definitely shown improvement. He's he's no longer just looking at his legs and, you know, taking off. He's actually uh, staying in the pocket, making big plays with his arm now. Coming into the season, he did not have one game where he threw for over 300 yards. And this season, he had several. So that definitely shows a lot of improvement. And to go from a guy who maybe, if he had a bad season this year, Buffalo may have not have even picked up his option to going from a guy that is in the MVP race, I mean... A lot can be said about his improvement, for sure. And uh, now I definitely want to take the conversation to the playoffs. we got some some big games coming up. And uh, I want to start with the Los Angeles Rams and Seattle game. Uh, who do you think is going to be the winner of this game, ultimately? Okay, between the Rams and the Seahawks, I see a low-scoring game. Jared Goff is banged up. Believe it or not, the Rams have had Seattle's number lately. Russell Wilson struggled against that defense. That Rams defense is for real. I like Seattle in this game really close. I go Seattle 20, Rams 17. Even if Goff plays or he doesn't play, I think it's going to be super, super close. Divisional opponent, third time they're playing each other this year. Seattle's defense is not as good as the Rams. I'm not arguing anything about Seattle's defense. But if the Rams start end up starting John Wolford, a quarterback, it's going to be a low-scoring game. I have Seattle 20-17. to 17. Yeah, I definitely think that a low-scoring game is likely. They played two times, and one of the games, Rams won by a score of 23-16. The other, they lost 20-9. Uh, to nine. So I, I think this is going to be a very competitive game. Definitely not going to be a blowout. I do have Seattle ultimately winning this game just due to Russell Wilson and the experience that he brings on this football team. But you can't undermine Sean McVay. This defense is uh, one of the best defenses we've seen in a long time. Talking about the Rams, they have the best passing defense best rushing defense or they're they're in the top two in both of them i know that for a fact so with that being said they're definitely going to bring competition but ultimately yes i do see seattle coming through in this game and uh now i want to move on to the next game um the colts and the buffalo bills what are your takeaways from this do you think that the colts have a chance to walk into buffalo and pull the upset so at the beginning of the year, I thought the Colts were an under-the-radar team. I thought a lot of people were sleeping on them. I thought Phil Rivers had a little bit left, which I still think he has a little bit. I thought that Colts offensive line was really good, that defense really good. I think Frank Reich's an awesome coach. But they didn't end up as successful as I thought they would be this year. They snuck into the playoffs. Uh, they ended up with that seven seed. So obviously six teams are better than them in the AFC, and I thought they'd be a top two or three team in the AFC, but they weren't. I like Buffalo in this game. I'm going to say Buffalo 28, Indy 20. Uh, Josh Allen's just too much for that Colts defense. I don't think Phillip Rivers can do it. I don't think Phillip Rivers can put up the points with Josh Allen. I just don't necessarily see that Colts offense being able to stay with the Bills. If they have, if the Colts win this game, I think the run game is going to have to be a huge part of it. Jonathan Taylor is going to have a huge game. I just, I just don't see it. I like Buffalo here. It's their first home playoff game in like 25 years. The governor is allowing fans to be there, which is cool. I think it's like 6,800 or 6,500. Nonetheless, pretty cool for them, uh, the Bills Mafia. I like the Bills. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you on that. I don't think 
the Colts are that special of a football team. They did finish 11-5. God give them credit because the start of the season was a little bit shaky. Obviously, having that loss with the Jaguars, first game of the season, it didn't really look that promising. Phillip Rivers struggled tremendously for the first four or five games before they found their groove. I mean, the Colts, they do have a lot of running potential, obviously, with their three running backs, Hines, Taylor. And yeah, I think those two guys would have to have a massive game, both of them, to even have a chance with the Bills. I just think the Bills have too much firepower. They've shown that they're able to beat great teams. I don't think the Colts have really shown that much this season. A lot of the teams that they beat up on were under 500. They did have massive win against Tennessee week 10. They also beat Green Bay. So, I mean, can they keep up with the Bills? I mean, maybe, but I really don't think that their their defense is too special. Their offense, Phillip Rivers, I don't think he has that same fuel in his system that Josh Allen does right now. So ultimately, yeah, I see Josh. I think weather could come into play. The plane in Buffalo. I I don't know what the weather's going to be. I haven't checked the forecast. I assume it's going to be a cold, frigid 20s, 30s game. That's not Rivers' style. It's not. He, he's not a cold-weather quarterback. Yep, he played with the Chargers for, for a while, obviously in San Diego at that time. 16 and years, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, so he is definitely not accustomed to playing in cold weather. So that that's definitely going to play a big role in this game. I mean, the sure. games that he's played in New England, it's just it hasn't ended up well for him. I mean, he struggles with that. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So we're both going to say Buffalo here. And, yeah, we're both uh, going Buffalo. Yeah, there we go. So... The next game I want to bring up is the the Buccaneers and Washington football game. Now, this game intrigues me for sure, because this is the first time ever Tom Brady is a wild card in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, you know, obviously he's playing a seven and nine team in the playoffs. So it's not something you see every day. So I think this is going to be an interesting game. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on this? So the Bucks offense is absolutely rolling now. They've been absolutely rolling over opponents. But you could, you could argue that the Washington football team defense has been great too. Chase Young's been awesome. Ron Rivera's really done a good job coaching that defense. But I just think at the end of the day, that Bucks offense is just too, too much. Tom Brady in his last four games, a 12 touchdowns, one interception, a 69.12 completion percentage, and a 126.9 quarterback rating. The Bucks have averaged 30 points a game this year. It's third in the NFL. And on top of that, it looks like Mike Evans is going to be healthy enough to give it a go. So I think that's a formula for the Buccaneers to win. I understand that Brady has struggled in the past against Ron Rivera's defense, but I don't see it. I like the Bucs in this game, 31-17. And Alex Smith isn't healthy. He's got that calf injury. They were even talking about splitting time with the backup Taylor. Is it Heineke, Henneke, whatever it is? I just don't think that Washington offense is good enough to keep up with Tampa Bay. They have Antonio Brown rolling. Chris Godwin's healthy now. Evans is healthy enough to play. They have Gronk going. Brady's on all full cylinders. I like Tampa Bay here. You think the Washington football team can pull off the upset? Oh, man, that's that's a tough question. Um, That defense is very intriguing. They're definitely right up there with the Rams of the best defense of the 2020 football season. But I, I just don't see them shutting down Tom Brady. Every time that Tom Brady has been challenged by somebody in his career or somebody has called out the Patriots or, or Tom Brady specifically, he just goes off. And uh, obviously this week, the the huge gossip has been Chase Young calling out Tom Brady. Chase Young is a rookie. He's going to have a great career. Don't get me wrong. He's a a great athlete. I still think Tom Brady has a lot left in him. It's incredible, man. Every time I hear somebody say that this guy is falling off, he he just comes back and proves them wrong. I mean, at the start of the season, they, you know, they, they weren't really clicking exactly. He missed some throws and, you know, people were doubting him again. And then somehow he finishes the season with 40 touchdowns and 12 interceptions at the age of 43. I mean, this guy is just 43. 
like, he's 43. I it's crazy. He's man. got some great skill position players. Nobody's going to argue that. He's 43 years old. Like, I can't even fathom. 43 years old, and he just throws for 40 touchdowns. And a brand new offense, which he had to pretty much learn on the fly with virtually no training camp and no preseason. And they go 11 and 5. You know, like, that tells you just how much of a winner Tom Brady is and how much of an accomplished athlete he is. At the end of the day, man, I think Brady's going to play next year too. I think Brady will be done at the end of next year, but he could keep going if he wanted to. Like, he's on an absurd run. Absurd. Yeah, for sure. There's no denying that at all. You know, there's still people out there that doubt him or will say Joe Montana's better, Peyton Manning's better. But, I mean, I think he, he's done it in New England, obviously, with his six Super Bowl rings, and now he's doing it in the with the Buccaneers and putting up 40 touchdowns at the age of 43. So I, I say with this game, Buccaneers are going to win pretty comfortably. If I had to give a score, I'd say probably 31 to 10, 31 to 13. I just think Washington's Washington's offense isn't really that great. And with that being said, I, I don't think there's any way that they keep up with that offense. Yeah, I agree with you. So now moving on to the next game, I want to go Baltimore Ravens against the Tennessee Titans. So my thoughts on this game, this one obviously has kind of become more of a rivalry in the recent years. Last year, uh, Titans pulled off the, the upset and took down Baltimore Ravens in the second round of the playoffs, beating Lamar Jackson, who was the MVP last season, and knocking out the Ravens team that was a Super Bowl favorite, and they were 14-2 and two at the time. So this game definitely has a lot riding on it all day today on ESPN. They were talking about Lamar Jackson and how if he doesn't win this game, you know, there's the critics are just going to go all over him and just basically re like rebuke him as a quarterback, you know, because he, he's definitely had a rough time in the playoffs in his two games, but he is 24. But now with all that being said, do you think that Lamar Jackson will finally have his moment in the playoffs? I do. This Baltimore Ravens offense is rolling now. The last five games are 5-0. and oh. Uh, Lamar Jackson in his last five games, 11 touchdown passes, three interceptions, a 67.0 completion percentage, a and 430 rushing yards in four rushing touchdowns. That offense is rolling now. Uh, and I don't think that Tennessee Titans defense is good enough to stop Lamar Jackson. I really don't. I like Baltimore in this game. Uh, they're favored in this game, and I think they can win it. I know they're on the road in Tennessee. I just think this is going to be a different result. This Baltimore team is a little underrated in my opinion. And I'm not the biggest Lamar Jackson fan. Like I question him sometimes as a pocket passer. Uh, don't get me wrong. He's a good quarterback in this league. Take him seven days a week. But I just don't think he's in the level of Mahomes, Watson, Rodgers, Brady. Like I just don't think he's in that level. These last five games, he's been tearing it up. And the Ravens are going into the playoffs hot. I like the Ravens. Yeah, man. I mean, Ravens definitely are going into the playoffs hot. I'm actually going to disagree with you on this one. Now, I think that uh, the stats indicate that Ravens are going to win this game just because, you know, the Titans, their defense is terrible. I heard something today that they have the second worst defensive efficiency in the last 15 years this season, which is just horrific. Uh, I mean, if this defense was better, the Tennessee Titans would have a chance right now to be like 15 and one or 14 and two. I mean, there's this offense, their offense, there's no denying that there's so much talent there. Ryan Tannehill has again shown this season that he's not just uh, you know, an average, okay. NFL quarterback, but he is a, a, at least a little bit better than, than average, especially in this system. They've been able to utilize him very efficiently. Derrick Henry, no denying his talent. The guy has rushed for over 200 yards several times and he led the league in rushing this year. But with that being said, I mean, 
the Titans, their defense is absolutely putrid. However, I think that sometimes in the playoffs, stuff happens where it's just so unexpected, so unpredictable. And sometimes the stats don't really tell the whole story. And although their defense is very bad, I think that the Tennessee Titans will find a way to win this football game. They could just get a few down, a few third down stops on their defense. And if their offense does what they normally do, I think that they will find a way. It's basically if Lamar Jackson loses this game, there's definitely are going to be a lot of critics on him. I still think that he is, like you said, he is a very good quarterback. He's definitely not in that same tier as Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he ever will be. Um, but yeah, I, I got to go Tennessee here, even though the stats may say otherwise. You know, I, I think that they just have a lot of heart. There's been multiple times where they've come back this season down by down by a bunch, you know. So I got to go with Tennessee Titans here. I don't blame you here. I, I like the Titans. Like, I like that offense a lot. I think Mike Vrabel's a great coach. I just, the Ravens are hot. Yeah, man, for sure. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to the next game, Chicago Bears and New Orleans Saints. Who do you got here, Jason? So I have the Saints here, and I have the Saints big. It looks like they're going to get Michael Thomas back, which is big for that offense. I, and if, you, if I'm being honest with you, I think this was this is Drew Brees' last run here. I think he's going to retire at the end of the season regardless. I think he was probably going to retire last year, but they had an unfortunate end to the postseason. The year before that, I think he thought about it too. And I think this year, no matter what, he's going out. Uh, he battled those ribs, that rib injury that was pretty gruesome. This is it for Brees, and I don't see Brees losing to Mitchell Trubisky in the division in the wild card weekend here. I, I just can't see it. Uh, Kamara, he might play if he pass if he gets out of the uh, COVID protocol. But it looks like they're going to get Michael Thomas, which is a big get for that Saints offense. I'm not a huge believer in Trubisky. He's six and three in his nine games that he started this season, so not bad. But I just don't see enough from that Bears offense. That Saints secondary is pretty good. I'm going with the Saints. Yeah, man, for sure. I agree with you 100%. And uh, just piggybacking off of something you said about Mitch Trubisky being 6-3. and three. Uh, Now, the reason being why he is 6-3 and three in those games is because the strength of schedule for quarterbacks in 2020 was uh, very favorable to him. He had the easiest strength of schedule against defenses in the NFL for quarterbacks, which therefore explains the 6-3 and three record and why he showed like he wasn't a bust, you know, later on the season. But yeah, I definitely would say here that it's going to be a big win for the Saints. I think they want to avenge last year, obviously getting knocked out in the first round. And they've had a lot of times where they've been screwed over in the playoffs going back a few years before that against the Rams. So I definitely think that they do want to redeem themselves from what they did in the past years in the playoffs. The Saints are a very talented team and they just haven't gone lucky. I think this time they obviously are getting a little bit more lucky facing a Bears team that arguably doesn't even deserve to be in the playoffs. You know, their entire season was basically a streak of either winning or losing. They started off five and one. They went down to five and six, I believe, and they finished eight and eight. Their, their defense is very good. God give credit where credit's due. But on the offensive side of the ball, they don't really have much going there. And the Saints do. You know, the Saints have a great, great offense, good defense. So got to go Saints here. What, what would you give the score? I think the Saints win maybe 30 to 13. Like, I just think they're going to roll them over. All right, cool. So you think they're going to cover the spread? The, the yes. spread's... Uh, 10, I think. 10? Yep, yep, correct. So yeah, I would say with uh, with my guess on the score, I think that the Saints are going to win by a lot. I think they're going to win by 20 in this game. I think it's going to be a blowout. I say Saints 35, Bears 14. I don't disagree with that. 
Yeah, for sure, man. I think that the Saints are just a better football team. You know, a Bears win. I mean, this is going to be a very disappointing end to Drew Brees' career, but I I don't see that happening at all. So, so yeah, so um, the next game, last game we got here, slated for this weekend, is the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, we already said the Cleveland Browns were a massive surprise this year. Steelers started off the season 11-0, and and then they kind of faltered towards the end, had a big comeback against Indy, but... Other than that, um, didn't really show much promising signals. Who do you got in this game, Jason? I got the Pittsburgh Steelers. As much as I want to pick the Cleveland Browns, I just can't do it. Their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, is out for this game because he has COVID. Uh, so I think their special teams coordinator is going to take over uh, Colin Play uh, as the head coach. And they have a new play caller, obviously, because Kevin Stefanski is the one that calls the plays. I think that's a big loss for this Cleveland Browns team. I really, really do. And they've had trouble with Pittsburgh. They always have trouble in Pittsburgh specifically. Cleveland just barely made it out alive last week against Mason Rudolph. They won 24-22. I'm really concerned about that Browns offensive line too. Uh, they haven't been great against Pittsburgh in the past. I think TJ Watt is going to wreak havoc on them. And I think the key to this game for the Cleveland Browns is if they can get Nick Chubb going. History suggests that Nick Chubb has not been able to get going against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Five games that Nick Chubb has played against the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's been held under 100 yards for four of them. The one 100-yard the one game that he had was uh, last week, and I think he ran for 102, 104, whatever it was. I like Pittsburgh here. Uh, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the Steelers as a football team this year. I think they were a little overrated, but I just think that the Cleveland Browns, they were hot for a while, but I just think they're on a real cold streak here. Uh, I like the Steelers. Yeah, I agree 100%. Steelers are a very good pass defense. Their rush defense is middle of the pack, but you're saying Nick Chubb just hasn't been able to get going against the Pittsburgh Steelers and Pittsburgh Steelers blew out, blew out the Browns earlier this season. wasn't even close, uh, 38 to seven. So with that being said, I think this game is going to come down to experience and the Pittsburgh Steelers are far more experienced, big high quality games than the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and I think that's going to make a big difference. First playoff game the Browns have been in, in a very, very long time. Can't give you an exact stat there, but it's been it's been a while. So with that being said, I, I think this is going to be a good game for the Cleveland Browns getting experience and moving forward. Nobody really expected them to make the playoffs or have this much success this year. So even with the loss, it has been a good season for them. But I do ultimately think that this is going to go down in the defeat for the Cleveland Browns. I don't see Baker Mayfield doing that well. He's had a lot of games where he's he's either done very, very good in games or he's done absolutely nothing and had been completely abysmal. There's been almost no in-between with him this season. So with Steelers being one of the best pass defenses in the league, they've given up the third least passing yards per game in the league. So with that being said, I got to go Steelers here. And I, if I had to give a score on it, I would say it's probably going to be a lower scoring affair. I think it's going to be something like 28 to 20. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Pittsburgh ends up winning 27 to 20. And uh, the last thing I want to give here for a concept today and give something to talk about is uh, I want to talk about now you have your podcast, uh, Peter and Pombo's Picks. And I want to just see what is your biggest guarantee for this week? Um, what game do you think is going to be covered by the spread? And what game um, do you think is... Okay, I got you. So on Pombo and Peter's Picks, we do this segment called Premium Picks of the Week, uh, where it's our lock of the week. Uh, who, one team that we feel very strongly about. And this week for me, it's the Buffalo Bills. 
again, like I talked about previously, I just can't see them losing at home in front of the fans against this dome Indianapolis Colts team. I, I just can't, I can't do it. I think Buffalo's rolling too much. I have Buffalo as the lock of the week. I think they're going to cover too. All right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would say the same thing here. I think Buffalo is definitely going to cover the game. I would actually give, I mean, I'm not a betting pro here. I have no experience with pro betting, but I got to say, that's true, but you've had some more success. I mean, maybe you've had more opportunities doing it. Maybe that's why you've had more success, but yeah, I think uh, I, I would say with my experience, not giving a, you know, expert predictions here, but I would probably say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, even though it is a pretty big spread already. Uh, it's 10, right? What's the spread? I there? think it's like eight, nine, something like that. I still think they're going to cover that game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I like a lot. Of, I like a lot of the favorites this week. I really do. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't think one underdog wins this week. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think all the favorites are going to take you this week. And it's well, you got be Tennessee, right? What happens. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think this has been a good podcast, Jason. I appreciate you joining me here today and going over all the sports news with uh, the NFL. It's going to be an exciting week, man. And I can't wait to see what's to come with the Daily Goat. Thank you, Noah. Uh, it was an honor. It was a privilege to be on here. And I'm very excited to listen to Rough in the Basket as this podcast progresses. I'm very excited for it. Thank you very much. All right. And that is all that we got today with Rough in the Basket. Follow us on Instagram at Rough in the Basket Podcast. And yeah, that'll be all. Thank you.